I've got a question for you. Do you know what time it is? That's right. It's time. It's that time. CBT time. Change by truth time. And I'm your host, Minister DK. And I'm here and excited with the power and the glory of God to welcome you into season three. That's right. We've made it through seasons one and two. And now we are into season three where I'm going to invite you to talk about the phases of battle. That's right. We're talking about warfare in this season, because whether you know it or not, your life is the sum total of warfare that God has allowed to buffet you, strengthen you and bring you into the knowledge of who you are so that you can have the victory in your life. Because watch this, until you understand who you are in God, Satan will never respect who you say you are. So get your faith together, open your ears and your heart. This is season three and we're dealing with warfare, the phases and the battles of warfare. I'm coming for you. God bless you. Hey, God bless you, people of God. Listen, let me ask you a question. You know, I always like to ask questions at the beginning of the episodes. When's the last time you produced the atmosphere for someone who do not know God to be able to hear God? Yeah, when's the last time you won somebody to Christ because you produced or you brought together the right atmosphere for someone to hear Christ, talk to them? so they can come into the salvation of God. It's also important to remember that God desires to talk to us. And so sometimes to produce that atmosphere, you have to be willing to ask God and tell God, I need to talk to you. Listen close. It's just me and you I feel so lost Cause I don't know what to do Now what if I choose The wrong thing to do I'm so afraid Afraid of disappointing you
Amen. But we give credit to Sister Yolanda Adams for that beautiful song. You know, sometimes music says it better than we ever could. But like I told you, sometimes we just need God to talk to us. And if he ever talks to you, other people will always be able to hear. God bless you. Stay tuned. We're coming for you. Well, welcome back. God bless you. I am Minister DK, and I'm excited to be here with you again for another episode um, on this beautiful and wonderful day. And today we're talking about the battle to hear. The battle to hear. Um, let me pray. Father, we bless you. We give you glory. And we thank you so much, God, for what you have done. Lord, I just want to personally thank you for your word and how it uncovers everything in life that we don't understand and everything that we struggle to understand. Thank you, God, for the simplicity of your word uh, that if we are converted and we become as little children, God, we can enter into the kingdom of God and do the will of the Lord. God, I ask and I pray in this episode that you would unlock this revelation and truth for the believer, for every man and every woman, every preacher, every pastor, everybody who claims the name of Christ. Let this word live, God, in their mind so they could do the will of God and not damage, God, those looking for the power and the salvation of God. I give you glory and I thank you now, God, have your way open your spirit and speak through my mouth in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I'm excited again, like I said, to be here with you again. Um, we're talking about the battle to hear. And I know that sounds a little odd, so don't tune me out just yet. But I promise you, if you open your heart and your faith, God's going to bless you real good. Um, this this episode came to me because of um because we're in this day and time now where a lot of things are unfolding uh, spiritually with revelations and with the church and with the coming back of Christ. And because a lot of things are adding up and people are beginning to see now the move of God that has been written in the Bible for as long as the Bible has been here. So it really shouldn't be a shock to people that God is faithful. Amen. It shouldn't be a shock to people that things are unfolding the way they are. But unfortunately, they are. And people are amazed at the fact that God would do exactly what he said he would do. But this episode, the battle to hear um, is very important because as things are unfolding in the world and the world now is taking its place in the plan of God. When we look at the church and how the church is responding, we are actually working against the very thing that God is trying to give us. Let me ask you a question. And I, I ask this question to you who are listening because I want you to really grab a hold of the reality of how powerful God is. When is the last time that you won somebody to Christ? I want you to think for a minute. And I didn't say when's the last time you shared Christ and your testimony or when's the last time you invited them to your church or you gave them an address or phone number to 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 zoom in to your your church Bible study. But listen to what I'm saying. When is the last time that you actually 
looked into the eye of a unbeliever and let God use you to win a soul into the kingdom of God. Yes, that's my question to you. Because to be honest with you, we're really not doing that the way God has sanctioned and equipped us to do it. Um, I find it odd because a lot of people in this world who are unbelievers and who don't know Christ, they're really not looking for Christ because what they see in the people of God, they don't see Christ for the most part. And you have to understand what I'm saying. People who don't have Christ don't have light. People who don't have Christ are not connected to truth, which is Christ. And so people who don't have Christ, I say they have game. You know, uh, they run the game on you. They don't know. They don't mean to. But it's part of it's part of the anatomy or the mindset of the flesh. But one thing people who don't have God know they know when truth steps in front of them. And so now in this day and time, when we're dealing with the, the battle of being able to hear, the hearing that I'm talking about is not for the believer. I'm not saying that you battle with hearing man of God or woman of God. That's not what I'm saying. The battle to hear has to do with the unbeliever battling to hear God. They battle and they fight to hear God. Amen. And so when we think about that in that regard, the question we have to ask ourselves is. If a person comes to you and they offend your relationship with God or they offend your mindset with God or your religiosity with God or your concepts with your Christianity. Do you get offended? If they tell you something that they believe because they believe it, and let's say the thing that they, that they believe is in error, it's wrong. Amen. Let's just say it's wrong. And they stand fast on that thing that they believe that's wrong. Do you get offended? How do you respond to the unbeliever or the person who does not know Christ? but needs Christ, how do you respond? Because the reality of it is, if you're offended or if you are turned off or you turn away, what chance does the person who does not know God, who was living in error, what chance do they have if the light, which is you and I, if we turn away because we're offended? Amen. And so now, I pray that you thought about the question. When is the last time? And be honest with yourself. When is the last time your testimony, the word in your relationship with God actually called somebody to surrender their life right where they were in the marketplace, in your front yard, at a barbecue, in the wall, wherever you were and give their life to Christ? Because we don't see that nowadays. Nowadays, we have to get people into the house of God in order for them, watch this, to hear now something 
that can consider to make them change their mindset and give their life. Well, the reality of it is, is that the battle that unbelievers battle with to hear, it's not their fault. One more time, the fight that an unbeliever has, his struggle and his strain to hear truth, it's not his fault. Oh, glory to God. Uh, they that are born in darkness and live in darkness, um, darkness is their lifestyle. And so I'm never offended when a person does not know Christ, says they do not want Christ, stands in my face and offends Christ or worships another God or has some crazy off the wall belief system. I'm not offended by that. Because I understand, Bible says, wherever the soles of my feet tread, God said, he'll give it to me. So now I want to give this to you. I want you to understand that if you walk in the power of God's word, you understand that regardless of how the devil has somebody's ears blocked, where they will not hear truth, where they will not come to respect truth, where they don't want to accept truth, I'm not offended. And neither should you be. Because I understand if I could just get them in front of me, the very ground they stand, God said he'll give it to me. So whatever's on the ground that stands in front of me belongs to me by faith if I'm not offended. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The truth is, and I'm going to expose why, oh God, they, 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 they battle to hear truth. Second question, do you remember the day that you got saved? Do you remember when you got saved? What you were doing when you got saved? Do you remember how you felt when you got saved? Do you remember why it took you so long to get saved? Do you remember what it was that you heard that caused you to throw your hands up and say, God, if you can use my raggedy life, take me. Do you remember? Because so often we forget what it's like when we're deaf in our spiritual ear, but sensitive in our carnal ear. And the same compassion, the same grace God gave you, the same compassion God gave you. You have to learn to understand that you stand in the same place that some of these people stand today. But if you're offended by their lifestyle, then you offended by Christ himself because he said he came for those who are in darkness. He came to heal those who are sick. He didn't come for those, oh God, who are well. He said, but he came for those who need a physician. And if you're upset or offended by those who are dirty, who are lost, who are nasty and sinful, then that means that you're offended by Christ, the one that you say you serve. We're going to slow walk this thing today. So the question now is, when is the last time you won somebody to Christ? Last week, two months ago, 
a year ago? Have you ever won anybody to Christ? Do you know what it's like to pull somebody out of darkness by the power of God? Hallelujah. I, I want to start off with this scripture and um, to give us some some background and some understanding concerning um, what I'm talking about here. Um, we have to understand that that Christ now is truly um, a good God and he understands exactly who we are. He understands exactly where we are. Um, the best way to see this is I want you to understand this. I want to take you to the book of Luke chapter 22. And this is where Jesus now gets arrested um, and they come to seize him and take him into custody. Uh, 22 verse 47 says, and while he was speaking, um, a crowd came up. And the man who was called Judas, one of the 12, one of Jesus boys, was leading um, them. He approached Jesus to kiss him. And Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the son of man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was about to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the most high call, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, no, more of this. Jesus said, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Did you get that? They come to arrest Jesus. And while they was getting ready to arrest him, one of the church people, one of the believers, his name was Peter. Peter took out his sword. And the Bible says that he cut off the right ear of the man. And after Peter cut the man's right ear off, Jesus says, no more of this. And he took the man's ear and performed a miracle. And he attached the man's ear back onto his head. Now, the best way I can explain this to you is you have to understand Jesus represents the word. He is the word. And Judas now brought people in, Roman soldiers, into the Garden of Gethsemane to betray Jesus. In other words, there were some people who was coming against now the word of God. They didn't believe it. They didn't like it. They didn't accept it. They rejected it. They didn't care for the word. Amen. The Bible says that when Jesus disciples saw what was getting ready to happen, that they was getting ready to offend. God help me. Jesus. Peter now takes out his sword and out of his emotions, out of his feelings, out of his anger and his rage. 
for the word, for Jesus. He cuts off the man's ear. Now, you got to find this amazing because Jesus rebukes Peter after Peter then cuts the man's right ear off. Jesus rebukes him and puts the ear back on. The problem with this is, is that I personally believe that Jesus put the man's ear back on because the man did not have the ear he needed to have to hear truth. See, the Bible says not that just said he cut an ear off, but he cut his right ear off. Sometimes people of God, the people who don't accept the word of God, who don't want the word of God, who are offended by the word of God. They try to do damage to the word and they can't because the word of God is flawless. And if we become offended by their stance, then we don't understand why Jesus came. Peter's actions was wrong only because he cut the right ear off with the wrong spirit. I want you to hear this. Peter cut the man's right ear off, but he had the wrong spirit. See, I'm telling you that a lot of people would be saved if we understood that the only reason why they won't accept Christ is because they do not have an ear to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. You can't get mad with a non-believer when they don't have the ear or the spirit or the heart to hear truth. Amen. What we have to learn to do is find out what the code is or what the password is that God will give you to transform your word into the healing that will heal their ear instead of kill their ear. Peter cut his ear off because he was angry because the man was offending Jesus, assaulting the word, offending the word, attacking the word. But you have to understand that the word of God is life. And if anybody ever comes to know Jesus, they have to offend him so he can win them. Remember, he came for those who are in darkness. So I'm going to ask you this question. Are you loyal enough to Christ to have the right spirit so you can cut the right ear off so God then can come behind you and heal that right ear so they can have the spirit of God and the right spirit, the spirit to hear in their heart what God is saying. I know it's a lot, but it's real. Because if, if you have the spirit of God, we're supposed to be winning souls. And all these people out here who don't know Christ, who are doing their thing and living their life and and smoking their drugs and doing everything they want to do under the sun who don't have a consciousness 
of righteousness. They can't hear you if you allow them to offend you. Amen. You have to know that the right ear has to be cut off with the right spirit. In other words, Paul said it better like this. Paul said, I've become all things that I may win some. In other words, he gets involved with their lifestyle. And I don't mean he does the sin that they do, but he loves them enough to get close enough to them to make them uh, let them share with him what they do. How else do you think Paul can get close enough to an unbeliever where an unbeliever can be won by him, except they open up now and they begin to tell their sin to Paul, to Paul. And Paul has an ear now of righteousness and love that will kill their right ear so God can heal it so they can hear God talk. Hallelujah. Do you understand now that people who don't know God, they don't mean to offend the Lord. They're looking for God. Just like you and I should. They're looking for God, but they don't know that they're looking for God. They don't know. And a lot of times we we fail to realize that that what God is needing us to do is to be willing enough. With the right spirit to listen to what they say. To find out what it's going to take in love. To kill the right ear. And Peter cut off the man's right ear. But the Lord had to rebuke him because he did it with the wrong spirit. See, Peter cut the man's ear off with the carnal sword, with the worldly sword, with the fleshly sword. But he didn't cut it off with the word of the sword or the sword of the word. See, if you have the word of God in you, you don't need a natural knife. Because the Bible says that the word of God, the sword of the word is sharper than any two edged sword. We have people in church right now who are so stuck in their righteousness that they will offend and they will send us to hell. Any religion, any people who don't come their way that offends them, the natives, Indians, Buddhist, agnostic. Any, any, any races, Scientologist, Muslims, in any, any religion, we battle now back and forth, taking our stance, trying to prove who God is with each other. And when they don't accept us and they argue with us, we don't have enough patience to realize that the only reason why they're not hearing me is because they have the wrong ear and I need to find the right ear and then in love 
I cut it off. But in order for me to find out the right, what the right ear is, I have to love that person enough so they can let me know how they hear. Not only how they hear, but why they hear. Who taught them to hear? Because they hear. What they hear. Hearing is essential. He that has an ear, let him hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. People can't get saved if they don't hear God. And I can't get upset or mad with another culture or another whoever or race because they worship Buddha or whatever the case may be. You got to understand this, regardless of what culture or what religion or whatever you're dealing with or whatever cult that you're dealing with. You got to understand God made all people. And if God made all people, there is a spiritual ear in that person that's covered up with a deaf ear or a wrong ear or a carnal ear or a selfish ear or just an ear that's in error. Hallelujah. We have to come to that, that realization. I remember when I was a young boy and uh, we would always go to my grandmother's house around Thanksgiving. And one particular year we went and as soon as we got there, me and my brother, we would jump out of the van and my grandmother had on the side of her house, this pear tree. And we would always like to run to that pear tree because we were living in the city and we was in the country now. And there was nothing more wonderful to me and my brother than to go to that pear tree and just yank a pear off of it and just eat it. That was just exciting to us. But I remember this one particular time we ran to this pear tree. And we was pulling pears and and jumping at stuff. And I happened to see this pear that was about. It was out of my reach, but it was about midway in the air, hanging about midway on a branch. And my brother happened to see it at the same time that I did. So we was jumping at it and jumping at and I was being taller. The older I grabbed the pear and then he grabbed the branch. And so we start pulling on this big green pear. We're pulling on it. And we're about seven. And we, he, I was about seven. He's about five. We're pulling on this on this pear. We're just yanking. After a while, we're yanking so hard, the whole tree is just shaking. Just shaking. And after a while, the pear would not come. With both of us pulling on this pear, the pear wouldn't come off the limb. After a while, we heard something crack, and the whole we had tore the whole branch off the tree, and we both hit the ground. And when we hit the ground, we got up to only come to the understanding that the pear was still on that branch. Needless to say, I didn't understand that then, but now I look at it. The pear tree represents the work of God. The pears that hang on the tree represent people who need to be one to Christ. And when we got up to the pear tree, there was already some pears that were on the ground that had just fallen by themselves. See, there are a lot of people in life that will come to know God. If we just learn to pray for them and leave them alone. God works even when you're not working. He knows what it takes for some people to fall and come to God. And then, ah, but see those people that were on the ground, they were ready, but there was nobody there to help them come into God. 
so they had to fall. Amen. And while we were pulling on that branch, we didn't even recognize it, but we were so focused on this one pair that other pairs that were on the tree began to fall off because we were pulling on the tree so hard, which represents people now who are ready if you just take the time to apply some focus and some care and some love to them and be in fellowship with them, they will just pluck right off. It don't take much. It just takes consistency. Hallelujah. But me and my brother now was fighting over this one big green pair that was not ready. Was not ready. And the more the pair stayed on the limb, the more offended we got. The more the pair was saying, I'm not ready for God yet. I'm not finished with my sin yet. I, I have not went deep enough into to my life, into darkness to understand that God has something for me. We weren't trying to hear that. We kept telling him, come on, come on. We were pulling, we were pulling, we were pulling, we were pulling. And when he gave, the pair didn't give. We broke the whole branch, which means that we damaged now what God was already doing. We as Christians, me and my brother represent Christians, we have damaged now, even working against the will of God. You have to learn how to just understand when people, it's not their time to come to Christ. And if it's not their time, you can't be offended because they're, they're green and they hard. That pair was so hard, it was hard as a piece of cement. But the ones on the ground, the bugs were eating up and they were so soft that if you grab them too hard, they would become mushy in your hand. See, we have to have a spirit of discernment to hear when God is telling us which ones to pluck, which ones to just wait for them to fall and which ones to leave alone. But in any three, if you're so stuck inside of, of who you are and the way you do things, you become offended. You cause people to fall because you were never there to give them a glory to God. You with that? When's the last time? It's not hard to showcase God if he's in your life. And believe it or not, people out here who 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 don't know Christ, the good thing about them is they're not thinking about Christ. So what I mean by that's a good thing, it gives you a chance to cause them to think about Christ. It gives you a chance to take their their sinful, dark, unrighteous life and make them see it for what it is. But you have to do that in love. I, I want to uh, th there's a scripture that I want to share with you. Um, another one. Um, and you have to understand, I, I need you to hear this and really hear what, what the Lord is saying in this scripture, because we're talking about the battle to hear. Um, in Matthew 11, and I'll start with uh, verse number nine, it says, then what did you go? Um, let's start. Let's start with verse seven, 11 and seven, Matthew chapter 11, verse seven. It says, as John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. He said, what did you go out to the desert to see? That's what John was in the desert. He says, what did you go out to the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? 
a man dressed in fine clothes? No, he said. Those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? He said, yes. I tell you and more and more than a prophet. He said, I tell you, that's what's in the desert, a prophet and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. Now, Jesus is talking about John. He says it is written. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. Did you get that? He said, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. I don't care who this individual is that does not know Christ. And I need you to hear me. I'm trying to help you be the best evangelist that you can possibly be. I don't care how lost a person is, whether they're doing whatever the case may be done. The Bible, the word of God says that God, when it comes to a person who needs and wants and, and who has the opportunity to, to hear the word of God, he said, I have sent a messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. He said, I tell you the truth, among those born of women, there is not risen any greater than John the Baptist. Yet, he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. See, the problem with this is, is that John turned the whole nation to God. He turned the whole nation to God by, by, by being the voice crying in the wilderness saying, repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. That's all he did. John was so hard on what he preached. He just said, repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. He didn't have to tell them about homosexuality. He didn't tell them about getting drugs and sex. He didn't tell them about about uh, uh, anything that's going on in this world where he had to call out your sin. See, when you're really anointed. All you got to do is stand in the presence of somebody and say, God loves you. And that breaks the yoke. But when you struggle in your life and we all struggle, but the struggle I'm talking about is when you really present yourself to be a Christian, but you're really more of what you do than what you believe. One more time. You present yourself to be a Christian. But you're more of you're more of what you do in sin than what you say in your heart. Believe because you can't stand before before a non-believer and say you love God and you really want them to be saved. And then you smell you smell like the sin that they do. I'm not saying you have to be sinless, but I'm saying you have to have enough God in your life. You have to have enough relationship within your, in your life with God until God covers now your struggle. You can't stand before somebody and convict them and condemn them about their struggle when you smell just like the thing they struggle with. Glory to God. John said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And the Bible says John, John was a great man. He said, since born of woman, there's been none great like John. He said, but I tell you the truth, the one that are least in the kingdom of God is greater than John. Our problem with why we can't win people to Christ from the church house to the white house to the lowly house is because we think too much of ourselves. We have people who are walking around and they believe they are Christ Jesus themselves. 
They preach the word of God and without knowing it spiritually, they put themselves in the place of Christ to get your attention. But those that are least in the kingdom of God, those who don't think nothing of themselves, them who realize if it had not been for Christ, they would be in a crisis right now. Those are the greatest ones. And with that one is the one that can win somebody to Christ. But that's not what I want to show you. What I want to show you is this right here. He keeps on, he keeps talking and he says that the ones who are least in the kingdom of God is greater. He says from the days of John Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has forcefully advancing, is forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. For the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to accept it, he says, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now watch this. This is where I want to be at. Verse 16, Matthew 11, verse 16 says, to what can I compare this generation? Now I want you to take time and think about the time that we're in now. We got all kinds of stuff going on. People are are, are doing all types of things. Men marrying men, women marrying women. You know, the gay rights have just as many rights as we have. And a lot of stuff is going on. And we're not to condemn anybody for what they're doing. Let people do what they do. Listen, let me let me let me, let me take a minute and give you a commercial. Look, look, if you have to condemn people and talk about them and 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 offend the spirit of God that you you rest in. The only reason why people are offended by people who are wrong, who are out of the will of God, who are demonically influenced is because they don't really believe that God can turn them. If anybody come to Christ, if anybody be delivered, it's by the work of God. You don't have to prove nothing if you let God prove it. God can deliver who he wants to when he wants to. The thing of it is God doesn't deliver anybody against their will and, sh and a, a child of God should neither. God never offended nobody. He loved them. And out of that love, he won them and caused them to hear. Many people are never come to Christ because the people of God has condemned their ear with the wrong spirit. So he says, how do I compare this generation, they are like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling out to others. What he's saying is that these people out here right now who don't know God, who don't want God, who come against God. He said they're like children sitting in the marketplace calling out to others. Then 17 says he's saying they're saying we have played. We have played the flute for you, but you did not dance. We sang a dodge for you and you did not mourn that word d-i-r-g-e it means a mournful or sad song like for a funeral he said we have we have you did not dance uh when we played the, the flute and when we sang this morning song you did not mourn in other words what he's saying is that people who don't know christ there will come a time in their life where god will turn their life upside down god will cause them to go into total darkness. He will cause their life to rebel against them themselves. Yes, he will. He'll cause their lives to rebel. And he says, when that happens, 
He says, you have to be attuned to be able to mourn with them and to be able to dance with them so you can win them. You got to come out of your self-righteous spirit and understand that if you are the light, light cannot be afraid of darkness. Hallelujah. Light is glorified with their in darkness. Hallelujah. It is what it is. And now we, we, we preach all types of things. And granted, they may be true, homosexuals and drug addicts and the government. And, and we have more church people now are into politics than they are kingdomship. Hallelujah. More people of God are into politics and what's going on in the world than we are into kingdomship. If we just be the light, we ain't got to worry about what ain't right. If we just be the light, you ain't got to worry about what's in the night. Just be the light. And God will give people who don't know God true sight. It is what it is. We have to come into the understanding that God is all powerful. But how can a person hear God when they're deaf in the spiritual ear? We have to kill the ear with the right spirit so God can heal it with his love. So I pray that you understand what I'm saying. There's no need to offend no one. There's no we there's no reason to force God on no one. If you got love, love them. Love them with their wrong. Love them and wait for them. Love them and pray for them. Love them and keep your eye on them. The Holy Ghost does the work. Back to my question. When's the last time you won somebody to Christ? When's the last time you walked up to a perfect stranger and asked him what his shoe size is? Asked him, where was he born at? It's time now that we allow God to use us for his glory. I pray this has been a blessing for you. I pray that you understand exactly what God is saying. If we're going to be the kingdom of God, we're going to move into faith, into power and expand the borders of the kingdom. We have to learn how to be still and kill the right ear with the right spirit so God can heal it. So that person can hear God and do the work that God has ordained for them to do. We cannot win the world when we play the game with the world. We have to stand up and stand in who we are. The light of salvation. And God said, if he be lifted up, he will draw all men unto thee. Your responsibility is to lift God up. And I promise you, when you learn to lift God up, you won't have to push nobody else down. When you learn to lift God up, people will hear what they've never heard before. Stop taking time to condemn people and take time to exalt God.
Father, we bless you and we give you glory and we thank you for your love, for your word, for your truth, and for our destiny. I pray for every believer that's listening under the sound of my voice. Touch them, God. Make them into vessels of honor. Make them into vessels of warfare. Make them into vessels that are discerning, God, amongst all things. And with the word, God, we can cut down anything that gets in front of us for the kingdom of God. Give them power and glory. Keep them covered, God, in every country that listens to change by truth. We thank you, God, for what you're doing. We pray now, God, that your word will continue to grow. Your word will continue, God, to take form. We thank you, God, for every country. We thank you for Puerto Rico. We thank you for Russia. We thank you for Germany. We thank you for Ghana, Africa. We thank you for Finland and Norway. We thank you for Canada, Brazil, and the United Kingdom, God. What you're doing in this word on this podcast, God, let it continue to touch those ears and those lives and let them know that where you are, where they are right now, God, keep doing it by your spirit. In the name of Jesus, people of God, be blessed. And if you want to know the truth about it, be better than blessed. Be divinely blessed. Live your life and God will live his life in you. You cannot fool God none of the time. So you might as well be yourself all the time. And remember, God never asked you to fight the devil. People around you may have told you to need to fight the devil. He never told you in his word to fight the devil. But what he did tell you to do was fight the good fight of faith. And when you fight that fight, God is glorified and the devil is defeated and reminded that he's always been defeated. Until we talk again, stay encouraged, be blessed, and always be faithful. God bless you. Well, people of God, we're going to bring it to a close, but never to an end. Because what God has for you, you have to get it, you have to achieve it and acquire it through serious spiritual warfare. And I want you to know something, that every day that you get up and that you breathe, you have to understand as sure as you make your presence known in the day that God has given you, the enemy is going to try to make his presence known to see if you know who you are. So remember, regardless of what he does or how he does what he does to deceive you and come against you, when you walk with truth, you change any situation because it's only by truth can anything and everything be changed. Until we talk again, keep the faith. And remember, God never asked you to fight the devil. He asked you to fight the good fight of faith. God bless you.